singing a whisper sweet nothings into the back of my yes there you are you sexy beast Craig <laughs> <laughs> okay there we go I see a character sheet I don't know what it says but it says something it says a bunch of blurry stuff yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just squigglies <laughs> I was just remembering the time I cut that guy's finger off and it still had a wedding band on it oh you still have that <laughs> yeah I was just looking through my like old inventory on my character sheet I don't even remember that, to be honest. I've got a bunch of, like, random doodads and doohickeys. I'm just like, I feel like the only one that's possibly more well-armed than me is Ball. Technically, I have a number of magical armaments available to me at all times. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of things that could be used potentially as weapons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like, walking around with my shield and my scimitar and my scythe and my spear, and my two daggers. <laughs> Seems okay. appropriate with how many people want to kill me. There we go. You got it, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all good. I was just, uh, I had found a dining hall that set pretty much how this one laid out, and I wanted... Uh, We're like up here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it, it didn't bring your character tokens. Son of a bitch. Hey, you you yeah. gotta make sure it pulls us, pulls us with it. <laughs> See, everybody should have a token assigned to their name. You guys should fucking do your thing. <laughs> we can't. You gotta tell us what map it's on. <laughs> we just get to move it around, man. <laughs> okay. Like I said, it isn't perfect, but it just... It's a kitty. It is a kitty. Okay, so we left off... Who was hammered last night? Or last time we, we left? Oh, I was. Hard to <laughs> say, I... Roma and Wall were the only ones who were still conscious. At some point, if we had gotten a lot of really specific arcane questions... Aromi might have just leaned over and smacked Artemis with lay on hands so he could answer. But I think everyone else is still unconscious. You were going to, and then Genobot appeared. <laughs> yeah, and Aroma's reaction upon seeing Genobot is probably just gonna be like, reach over and smack everyone with lay on hands to get them awake. I think I'm still awake. You're gonna have to catch Artemis. He's running to Genobot for well, to be drunk, drunk and hugging. <laughs> Smacking everyone but Bagdar because he did this to himself. <laughs> well, again, very intentionally. There's a present for everybody. Yeah. Actually, she might smack him, just not there's no lay on hands. It's just a slap. Okay, if you guys <laughs> take a look, I'm dropping your tokens into your character sheets, so that Ooh. should theoretically give you guys the ability to pull your token out of that. Where is Aramay? Oh, sweet Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. It was massive for a moment. <laughs> All right, there's that. Is that, uh, I think it's everybody, but there's Artemis. Is it hiding somewhere? For some reason, you're below pa- uh, Pathfinder playtest on my screen, which, not real sure what's going on with that, because I've never done a Pathfinder playtest, but okay. And we're like right here in the center, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the, the fire pit's actually a table. If you remember, the, uh, they threw up that big holographic like projection of the symbol of the eight. Mm-hmm. That's basically where that fire pit is. And then he tried to do something else and it didn't work. And then our friend showed up. Yeah, basically right as he did that is when Jinnabon made his appearance. And we're all like, hey! And they're like, what the heck? How? No. I imagine that's not something that's typically possible. <laughs> to just show up in the middle of that tower. 
So yeah, he he finishes. The eight are great, and everyone else can suck a dick. You're muted. You're muted. I am. Uh, you can hear me through here. Yeah, sorry, you can hear me through here. Laptop. <laughs> and Romay's immediately just like reaching over and smacking and like just lay on hands everyone but Magdar so they can be awake to say hi to the friends. It is actually just Genevon. You don't see any of the other eight. As you're, you're running around, giving everybody just a quick up to, you notice that it appears everyone else in the room is frozen. Oh, that's strange. Like everyone besides the party, you mean? Oh, even better. We don't have to deal with people. Yep. Everyone, everyone but the party. Artemis doesn't notice that at all. <laughs> the rum maid reaches out and smacks you as you're trying to run away. I'm picturing the table is probably like small enough to where she can like reach most everybody. Yeah, so you guys are, are kind of positioned at these middle three tables facing out at the crowd to help answer questions. And then if I remember right, Arame and Wall were the ones. Answering the questions yeah. because we weren't the only ones that were conscious. Correct. Because he wouldn't let me lay on hands anyone else. Yeah, so as you lay on hands Eki and he kind of wakes up and kind of takes stock of everything, he sees like nobody's moving. Like he's he's like climbing like on top of people and like waving in front of their <laughs> eyes and like slapping them a little bit. Eki, Eki, look who's here. And Aroma is pointing it up to Genobon. <laughs> and this is, if you guys remember the last time you saw him as they kind of left the plane of the material plane of existence. Do you guys remember he was his younger version? So he was very dapperly dressed, wearing a black vest. He had his bright gold monocle in his right eye. It looked like he was in business attire, basically. Would we even recognize him? You saw him briefly as he and the rest of the eight faded from the plane. Okay. So uh, it may take a second. It would probably be more his entrance that kind of let you know who it was. And then when, oh yeah, that's right. He's not an old, old man anymore. Gotcha. I'm putting sparkles in my diary. He's more fascinated by the fact that everyone is frozen and is trying to <laughs> figure out what the effects of this are. You hear a soft, and Icky, you don't even have to roll for it, but you see your most hated nemesis float from one of these side doors over here. <laughs> You're always giggling. <laughs> I mean, Icky doesn't hate him. No, 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 no. You see your high chair. The high chair. Oh, no. Ah! <laughs> 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 he looks at you and he goes, behave. We'll get the chair. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I like scurry under the table. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of take, takes a gander. I can't. I can't hear words that Crash or Magdar is saying. I don't know why. Hang on. I, I haven't said anything. Yeah, he's just been. Quiet. Oh, okay. I just I, I saw that his his oh, icon was off screen, and I was trying to figure out why. <laughs> well, I've been trying to figure out how to get my avatar on the screen, and I didn't want it interrupt. Thank you. Oh, no, you're fine. Also, he's still passed out drunk. Arome did not play on hands him. Okay. I don't, I don't remember passing out. I was going to say, I think he made the con save. You got a net 20. Yeah, he, he made the save. He is just oh, no. feeling it is all. That was wall. Yeah, he can he can deal with it. He's fine. I do not consider that a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> and you can deal with a hangover. Magdar, what you see before you is a small like two and a half foot tall goblin in a thing like a 1940s gangster outfit yep i'm there he's got the big gold monocle in his right eye big almost comically large ears very well spoken very well put together and he carries himself without a fear in the world 
Magdar, I'd like you to meet our friend. This is Jinnabon. Oh, you're looking much better, my friend. Looks very fancy. He's also very powerful. Gives you a, a small bow of his head as you say that. It's good to see they branched out. <laughs> Little fucker. <laughs> uh, we've always had a policy of accepting new applicants. <laughs> I mean, we can't be too picky. We're too, basically on a suicide mission, so... You guys notice he, he pauses at wall and kind of floats up to, to chest level as he gets to him. And he puts a hand right on all those gems that are inset in Wall's chest. And you guys don't hear it, but Wall hears a brief conversation in Primordial. It's basically him just checking out and making sure everything's going okay with him. And then uh, he, he walks down his invisible staircase, much you guys have seen him do several occasions, and continues to walk. Kind of gets to the middle, and he, he looks up at his the big glowing contraption that is their symbol, and he... You know, marketing's got to make a better push. It's not that we don't like you guys, but you're the only people who know about us. We've been trying to spread the story. We just haven't been in a lot of very populated areas where we get, well, there's only so much I can do. Because <laughs> she just sort of gestures to the fact she's hiding her face from everyone. <laughs> How much favor and uh, endorsement in the Coliseum would you? <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Reaper's Hollow, we've got a good following. Oddly enough, Jeff is taking off there. <laughs> Very oddly enough. <laughs> Interesting. So how are the rest of the gods doing? Ah, well, you know, Asmodeus, he's a big fan of yours. Let me tell you, the shit that guy's put me through in the past month and a half. I'm guessing he's not a big fan of the fact that we're friends. No, he's just, he's not a big fan of the fact that you're still alive. I think Wall would let out a hearty chuckle at that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Wall's behind you just giggling. <laughs> you do that, and he just kind of looks over his shoulder at you. And he, really? Funny, is it? <laughs> yes! There's a lot of people who want us dead. He sent the Princess of the Nine Hells to kill you. Hmm? Oh, did he? That sounds bad. <laughs> his, his daughter... Luckily, luckily, Grumps was able to distract her. <laughs> For now. For now. Good old Grumps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard the whole from the background there. <laughs> Wonderful. He just kind of, yes, yes. That's been my fun. We've watched your, your progress. Orion is rather fretful. Isn't he always? Yeah, well, that's what he gets. <laughs> But he is most enthusiastically wanting to know, how is it that you plan to cleanse these pieces of the star? Plan? <laughs> that was what I said. To be fair, we didn't cleanse the first one. We used, like, salt water and venom from a dragon? Is that how we did it? That was what you guys were able to recognize. It was a fairly high-level spell. It was, it was enough to know that... Artemis could tell it was super high-level magic, and that was about it. Yeah, it's not something I'm personally capable of yet. Yet. We were planning to just try and keep it hidden until we could figure out what the heck to do with it, or find someone that we could actually trust to ask. As you say that... <laughs> as you say that, you're just kind of coping to keep them hidden. Aki, you're, you're pulled partially out from underneath the table. You're kind of tucked under. By what? By your bag of holding. 
Oh my, okay. And pulls out the uncleansed piece of star that you have in there. And okay. he just kind of flips his hand over and it's comical how the size disparity is. Like this is the, roughly the size of a, a volleyball. So it's, you know, like a third of his body. <laughs> and he holds it. And as he's holding it, the sphere itself blackens. And all that you see is two bright blue glowing eyes flash for a second. And then the piece of the star goes dark. What was that? Rami's just like clutching her amulet that keeps her from being scried on nervously. 16 to Arcana to figure out what just happened. You notice that that piece of the star no longer gives off any energy. Like a battery. It's been neutralized. Am I still being suspended by my bag? Once the piece of the star came out, you just kind of fumped out. Like, it didn't pull you out of the air to drug you as it was trying to think um, Sorcerer's Apprentice when he's fucking flicking his ring and knocking the book around. Okay. That was basically what was happening to you was he was trying to pull the ball out. (laughs) Yeah, so just still, like, laying on the ground, just kind of looking up like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Jinnabon just kind of nods his head, kind of like it was expected. Ah. Well, good news, bad news. Of course. I do believe that he is aware that someone has found out his methods. This is the second one we've stole, and I would be a little concerned if he didn't realize. Good news, as far as we can tell, he doesn't know it's you. Well, that is good. So he still thinks we're dead. Wonderful. (laughs) Let's not put the cart before the horse. He has sent associates to check on his newly acquired generals and has noticed that none of you seem to have arrived. There's some swearing and undercoming going on. <laughs> he kind of looks around and goes, ah, even for a god, times are brief. According to the treaty, we're not supposed to interfere, but, well, you know how I feel about rules. And he's kind of got his hand up, and he's looking at it, just kind of giving it a once-over. So, there is someone you must find. He's an old man in a village not far from here to the north. His name... Well, more description would be good. You'll ask around for a man that everyone seems to remember, but no one can quite find. The name is unimportant. He changes it as often as you change clothes. And he looks at uh, Artemis Partners. Oh. <laughs> and he looks at Vitgross and he goes, Pants. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys briefly see pantsless flash and bright neon letters over our, uh, or sorry, over Vicarus's head. Oh, <laughs> as he says that. <laughs> the man is, as I said, he is old. We doubt that he is even a man, but if he is not, he has not changed who he is in long enough that he may not remember he is not a man. But you will ask him to show you the way to the next key. And he kind of holds his hand out to Artemis, to the amulet. Uh, Artemis, that 16 you got, not only did you notice that, you noticed your amulet was trying to slowly start to cool, so it just felt like a standard piece of metal. Mm. All right, yeah. So I hand him the amulet. Kind of bounces that, and he just flicks it back to you. He goes, keep it. And when you go to kill him, show him the picture. Tell him his wife is disappointed. Ooh, damn. You gotta be more specific, man. I, I, I can <laughs> All right. <laughs> can we assume that he'll know what we mean? Yes. He is wise in many ways, a bit of a fool in others, but honorable, 
until his death. But I, well, not strictly bound by the treaty. If I push much farther than that, I do believe that we will upset the balances and we have to restart everything over again. I'm going to very drunkenly go, balances. As you say that, give me a dex check at disadvantage. Shit. <laughs> you have not met this man. He does not take trifling with very well. That... <laughs> this one? Okay, that's a nat one. Mm-hmm. Give me... Uh, let's see. He gone. <laughs> the romance just kind of looking over at him like... Don't make us look mad in front of Oh, you're so lucky. You take four points of bludgeoning damage as you were just propelled into the table in front of you headfirst. Oh, man, I'm not the only one to be flown through the air. <laughs> I don't recommend back-talking gods, my friend. I've been thrown by better. Ooh. Ooh. Do you say that? No, shit, no. God, okay. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, when I talk, bad things happen. <laughs> Forgive him. He's no, he doesn't know anything about what's going on, actually. He walks over to uh, one of the cups because he can tell, just kind of in your acting, you slurred a little bit as you spoke. He, he thinks something may be up. And, Whew! I'm keeping this. It's good shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he takes your goblet with your about half a droplet of. Uh, the good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Bro. <laughs> and he nods to the group and he's, remember. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, I guess I Everyone else can suck a dick. Everyone else can suck a dick. <laughs> Not just that, but one other thing. The man you're looking for should have golden eyes. And with that, he kind of, he takes that last step. The high chair vanishes with him, uh, as does <sighs> the, the goblet. And it takes uh, just a few seconds longer and right back into it is the good wizard spectacle. Mid-sentence or the start of a sentence. And so you see here, that is the... And he looks around. And everyone at the table except for one person is suddenly sober. Not only sober, but there are several people who are not where they were standing. Yeah. Icky's like lying in the middle of the floor now, just like staring at where the high chair was. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Slowly look over and go, surprise! You guys also noticed that he left the now dark piece of the star in the middle of the table. Oh. Just, uh, one of the itch saw that. Grab that. Grab that, yeah. Yeah, as soon as someone, like... If Romain grabs it, it, picks up Icky and sticks it in. No, Icky, oh. Icky would, like, literally scurry over there and just, like, stuff it into his bag. Like, <laughs> As you guys do that, the good wizard spectacle, and some of the others kind of get this very concerned look in their eyes. And they look around, and about that time, you start hearing a, a siren. And wizards are just fucking running out of the room. What does that siren mean? We're under attack! We're under attack! Ha! Oh, finally! Of course. Is there anything we can do to help? Well, that is the siren that says they are already in the building. But... And he, he kind of pauses, and Intercon comes on and goes... Enemy location is main dining hall. Fantastic. And then the siren cuts out. Intercom comes back on. I'm jumping on top of this table. Well, that's convenient because I don't think I'm moving much farther than this room. <laughs> Irame's going to reach over and slap Magdar just because she 
we might need him sober. Uh, yeah, that hurt I way more than the thing like that. I would, I would like to think that him getting face planted into the table probably did a good job of sobering him up for just a moment. True. She, well, she's just she, okay. She's gonna get prepared to like if anything jumps out, she's going to just lay on hands him. The klaxon in the background cuts off, and the voice comes back. Enemy threat not detected, and then it goes off. Again, I'll attempt to look surprised because I'm pretty sure what happened. Kind of realizing putting two and two together, I'm gonna get back down off the table. Yeah, and once it kind of comes off and goes like that, you're pretty confident that it was just the magical traces of him coming and going set it off. But because he entered while time was stopped, it took a second for everything to catch up to what had happened. You see, wizards are kind of comically stopped. Some are kind of in mid-steps looking around the dining hall. Most of the ones that ran out have run back in, and their wands and staves and fucking all types of magical conniptions and fucking cantrips being readied. Hands are glowing, eyes are purpley sparked. You've got a couple of wizards stepping through walls. Like, it's just absolute chaos at the moment. And just nonstop chatter from voices. What are you checking for? Oh, I, I just want to make note of type of magic that they immediately pull for in association with their face, if at all possible. It's a pretty big grab bag. I mean, I don't need anything specific to sort of like... Okay. Yeah, no, it, it, it's nothing kind of specific. It appears to be everyone's just getting ready to lay mayhem out in as efficient a manner as possible. And so you, you would figure that it's probably them getting ready to fire off their best spells. So I do believe this is the first time you can officially say you've had the god in your dining room. Jinnabon does make an He really does. And an exit. You notice that it, it starts with the wizards near you and there is a sudden cessation of all noise except the occasional whisper of a robe moving still. God? Here? Yeah. Wait. Oh, not anymore? He le- he, no, he left. But they're bound to the, the astral planes. They're not allowed to the material world. Oh, no, no. Those are standard gods. Our uh, our gods are much, much better. They don't, they don't, they have guidelines, not they're really rules. Guidelines, not rules, Yeah. He recently ascended. Should we be telling this guy? Oh, I'm I'm glad to tell people how awesome my gods are. I just don't have to reveal. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't have to reveal more information yeah. than they're awesome. They're not a big fan of following the rules, and he wasn't here for long. But they are fans of Felatio. Who is it? <laughs> Icky gets inspiration. Oh, yeah. (laughs) God damn it, that broke me. Give me a minute. Oh. Artemis is very surprised. (laughs) I knew what to say. I'm surprised Artemis wouldn't be uh, noting all the magic around him. I'm only about halfway through this book. They don't like rules. He just kind of shakes (laughs) shakes his head for a second. Okay. You need a drink, that's fine. That's a normal response. No, 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 it's okay. But I do believe that may be enough excitement for this evening. Madame Arame, I, I do believe that uh, we were scheduled for a conversation this evening. Uh, if you are free now. Sure. Wonderful. Then he kind of looks around uh, and he finds several she of the doesn't other... look entirely 100% comfortable with this. And she's like, okay, hey, let's get this over with. 
You notice he kind of takes a, a quick glance around. He points out his daughter-in-law, who you had met earlier, who kind of gave you your whirlwind tour. He points out a couple of other wizards, and you guys retreat to a smaller room. It's, it's not like an interrogation. It's literally there's them kind of asking questions about your childhood, making sure it kind of falls in line with what they're used to hearing from the military escapees that have come to them. Yeah. You were pleasantly surprised to find out that while you figured you probably weren't the first, apparently defections for the Dark Elves happen quite frequently. It's just a very, very well-kept secret that they do. Oh, yeah. It's propaganda. We've basically been brainwashed that this is all that there is. Yeah, exactly. And you're able to kind of gather that the daughter-in-law that's with you is one of at least 16 drow elves living in the tower freely at this moment. It's good to know that there are so many of my people free. I thought we all died pretty much immediately upon defection. <laughs> the only reason I've survived this long is because everyone thought I died in the fire. She just kind of nods. It's, that's about how things go. We have found that those who don't find a way to appear to be dead soon are. But uh, you'll be pleased to hear that there are several other, oh, how do you say, more brutish figures, much like yourself, roaming. In fact, one of the main captains of the guard of the East Gate is a defector, along with his newest lieutenant, uh, who is quite young for a captain, but has shown remarkable progress with her studies in the art of hurting others with sharp pointies. So other hunters have escaped to here. And in that, the senior wizard present, you notice that Spectacle had kind of excused himself from the room once it had seemed that it was following a fairly standard tract. Nods. And, uh, none maybe with your pedigree. We have floated your description around to some of the more recent escapees, shall we say. And you were met with either outright hostility or open fear. So, outright, I did get my first captured when I was rather young. I didn't earn my nickname for nothing. He just kind of nods. With that, they, they kind of dismiss you. Uh, the rest of you, while she was having the conversation, took probably about a half hour, 45 minutes. Well, what were you all up to? I'm going back to the lab. I think we're going to go there Next round this time. I want to try something, and I'll uh, I'll give you the details, Bob, in a minute. You can tell me okay. what I managed uh, to uh, do. Okay, so you're at the lab. I do want to say, Rome specifically did not mention anything about the thing you and I have talked about. She she hasn't mentioned that. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It, it, it probably would never have come up. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like I said, it, it's more just kind of making sure that statements were in line with kind of what was expected at that point. That That's really all they were doing. They'd asked around. They're pretty confident they know who you were. If they had asked, she would have acknowledged, but I don't know if she's ever going to, she would willingly volunteer the name. Yeah, and, and they didn't. They just kind of left you broad hints that they knew who you were and just kind of left it at that. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Artemis to the lab. What is everybody else doing? Where are our rooms in relation to where we're at now? It's hard to say for certain because you just got here over that teleportation spell, but you're pretty confident. You're kind of like smack dab middle of the tree. Uh, and if you remember, your rooms were super duper high. Right. Uh, up looking out over the river to the Coliseum. Yeah, so I wouldn't really know how to get back to our rooms from here. 
as everybody's kind of dismissed, a couple of the wizards stop and say, uh, let you know, you can get back to your room to say what you got here. Just say my room and step out and it'll teleport. They don't tell you you have to do that. They just say, if you are ready to go back now, that's what you can do. It works like through the door. Is that how that works? Yep. You walk through a door, say where you'd like to go, and it takes you. You have a couple. Well, of I would, I would want to test that a little bit. Like he would try and have some fun with this, and he would, okay. he would like say <laughs> my room, and then open the door and like throw a walnut through and see what happens. Okay. As you do it and throw the walnut, uh, you just pull it out of your pack and huck it. You're chucking your magical walnuts around. This is actually a regular walnut. Yeah, so okay. you, you throw the walnut, it gets about three, four feet from where it left your hand and just vanishes. Wow. And then you hear kind of annoyed an annoyed buzz almost, and you feel a thwack in the back of your head and hear a clatter and the walnut has fallen ah. out behind you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not making through. Did you just prove of your shenanigans? Intriguing. Let's see what happens a second time. Okay, so you, <laughs> do you, you do it again? Yes, absolutely. It could have been a fluke. You got to get more data. <laughs> so it's it's the same the same thing. It's about three feet away. It's a little bit longer pause. It was almost immediate the last time it poofed and then came back and whacked you. It's a little bit longer. And when the walnut hits you again, it hits a little more force. Not enough to do damage. This time I'm, I'm actually like kind of ready for it, but it still okay. like smacks me like in the front of the face now because I've turned around. Okay, you've turned around to see it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as you turn around to see it, go ahead and roll me perception. Okay. Okay, that's well enough. You notice there is small writing this time on the walnut. In what language? It looks to be written in common. Okay, what does it say? It says, in very, very fine flowing script, very fancy, we loan out our powers for the tower for a price. The price is to not be abused, and the power will not be used. Please don't waste our time. We'd hate to put you in a bind. It rhymes. And it would have been more succinct if it just said, fucking stop it. <laughs> pretty as it was, just fucking stop it. So uh, Icky starts uh, scrabbling in his book and jotting down some notes, seeing how he, he thinks it's a sentient force behind this now and all these kinds of theories he's got. I'll have to try again later when the force behind it has had a little more patience well, well up inside them. Okay. And with that, I will, again, say room, but this time step through. Okay. Imagine the sentient force is like, don't you dare with the walnut again. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> you are taken to your room where you're welcome to stay. Wall is going to go ahead and go with you. So he just kind of, like, as, as you say it the third time, he steps out with you. Yeah, it's good that he does because I need the stuff he is carrying to do what I want to do. <laughs> Everybody else, what are you doing? So we got Vicros, Magdar, and AD. I'm going to retire as well. Okay. Using the door port. Uh, yeah, I'll probably do the same. I really don't want to see anything new in this town. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. You had so much fun last time. Uh, I'm going to... Uh nab a goblet off the closest table and then see if maybe there's a library somewhere in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're able to say library and you were taken to the same library where Artemis visited last round, but you didn't uh, ask about it, so you don't know about it. So you walk in and there is a very, very old man sitting behind a desk. That's less than surprising. I take a sip of my goblet. Looks like he was recently dusted. <laughs> but other than... <laughs> Other than that is a very, very disheveled and kind of just withered looking individual. 
I guess I'll ask him if it's okay if I poke around at some stuff. <coughs> um, why? I'll say, that's more business than I've had in at least 20 years today. What are you looking for, young lass? You know, just something interesting. Maybe some uh, maps of the local area, some uh, interesting strategical inputs or uh, uses of magic. Ah, definitely, definitely. Quite a diverse selection, but sure thing. And he floats out, takes you to uh, the first section. He shows you where some maps are. Give me a D100 roll. Haha, <laughs> the perfect number. <laughs> With that, you're able to find some map. Uh, he, he shows you the maps of the area. Like, he appears to be pulling you out maps that are a little bit older than what might do you good. The first couple you look at still have just the interior portion of the city where you guys are. And it doesn't even look like that's fully filled in. Uh, and it looks like it only spans about 15 to 20 years from that point for the maps that he gave you. But once he pulls those out, he shoots out. He's looking. Uh, he comes back with a couple other stacks of books on magic uh, and different spells that can be used. And things cool. Like I'm just going to kind of lightly poke around at it, see if there's anything of note or interest in it whilst sipping on my goblet. Gotcha. All right. So that's what you're doing. Spencer, so to do that, give me an arcana check. I know, it's it's an abnormal thing to ask, but it's something that I think I have to work on if I'm going to, you know, complete my plan. Of no, no, I mean, it makes sense with the character. Yeah. You're trying to find new ways to use magic, so I, I, I'm totally for it. Between you and good old Doc Frankenstein, who also got a 22, you guys are able to, you're pretty confident you can pull it off. Uh, it may take you a day or two of tinkering, but you think you could probably get something along that line to work. All right, so I'll keep working on it then. Right, so with that, uh, I'll say you, it's pretty late in the night, so you'll probably only get about two to three hours of work on that. Okay. But another day in the tower should probably be enough to to get you there. All right. Yeah, it, it, as soon as you kind of say what you're doing, he, oh, yes, 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 yes. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You'll notice, uh, and he starts kind of taking you through some of the actual math behind it. It gets super technical, but he starts kind of taking you through the math to actually how Lightning Lure does that. And so between, that's kind of where you guys get there is you're able to break down the pull portion of it and you're able to kind of get a little bit, like you're able to pull a little beaker, like six inches that night, but not enough that you'd be able to to run it immediately. Okay. Uh, so with that, uh, everyone will go to sleep. I won't make you guys all wake up at the same time because you guys are going to bed at all different hours. Why are there 906 copies of wall in the bed, uh, dining room? Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Next morning breaks. Icky, how late do you stay up working on what you're working on, sir? So, how long was I passed out drunk? Not long. I would say maybe 25 to 30 minutes. Oh, okay. I'd probably stay up for a good four hours and then sleep for another four. Okay. Wall is just going to kind of hang out over you. Yeah, I, I need him for holding things while I work. Heavy lifting and things like that. <laughs> I don't know if you've started to figure out what exactly I'm building, but... I have an idea. <laughs> AD, how long were you in the library, ma'am? I would have been in there just long enough to finish the goblet or get bored. Yeah, so e e even with the, the age of the maps, you're able to get a well enough kind of direction of where things are. Things don't really change up here. You know that there are roving bands of barbarian goliaths that cross the tundra. You've kind of gotten that from living on the subcontinent. You know that that's a thing. 
you were able to read up on some of the maps, you know, old purple worm caves, uh, where some old Yeti's nests. You're able to kind of get a, a little bit better idea of the enemies you'll face up here. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that you were able to get enough of the kind of basic lay of the land, at least as of like 30 years ago, that I'll give you advantage on just kind of not getting lost checks. And then my half of us going to bed. I think Rome's just gonna go to her room, like take some time to process. And like, as she does her meditating for the night, it's probably the first time in a really long time she hasn't had nightmares. Okay. She feels weirdly at pace, and then when she wakes up, she might just kind of, like, go out onto the little balcony thing and just sort of watch, because she only needs the four hours. Okay, as you go out, you look out to the west, as uh, you're, you're pretty much up as the sun comes up, and you notice a weird yeah. display coming from over by the Coliseum. It appears that there is a gargantuan statue stepping back into place, holding up his side of the Coliseum, and it, it takes uh, just a moment... Eyebrow raises real yeah, high at that. As you're kind of watch, it happens almost so, so fast that you question what you see. In fact, go ahead and give me a perception check and we'll see how much of it you notice. Also, she's not wearing the face covering stuff. Okay. Even though you've been on the surface for a while, you are looking straight, almost straight at a rising sun. So this is going to be with disadvantage for you. Oh. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> Something really, really big. Think uh, the statue of Atlas with the world on his shoulders. The main entrance is to the Colosseum, the main arch, which is, I think I told you guys, like 100. It's a huge Colosseum. It's like 150, 200 feet tall. This statue is basically doing that with another one, holding up what appears to be that main arch, sharing the weight of a keystone. It appears for a moment that that moves and settles in, but you're not 100% sure if it's just the light playing tricks on you or not. It's too, too, too bright. It's <laughs> gonna go back inside till the sun's done coming up. And I imagine just sort of sitting and sketching. Okay. Or just writing stuff down. What is everyone else doing upon awakening? It's cold as fuck here, right? Yes. And we're planning on going further north? Yeah, it, it's pretty chilly. You've got basically a magical radiators in your room keeping you warm. But once you step outside, with especially with how high up you guys are, it is fucking cold. I'm talking Wyoming in the middle of winter cold. Yeah, I need to get some shopping done. I need some warmer clothes. Okay, there is, you know, there are plenty of shops you saw or were pointed out to in town, so you know that shouldn't be an issue. Rome probably does too. Oh, I have a parka, but I do not abide the cold well. <laughs> so before I venture out, I don't know what anyone else's plans are. I don't know how long anyone needs to be staying here doing research or anything. So I'm going to... Just knock on doors and ask who wants to go shopping. Uh, no. I'm going to be a little more invasive about it. I'm going to try <laughs> and walk through the door and say, Magdar's room. Go see if I can't see if Magdar wants to come well, along. This will be interesting. Oh, please let it work. Because we think the building likes to mess with Magdar. I get up and say breakfast outside my room and take two steps. And then my third one. <laughs> Do I have any luck in transporting? Yeah, you're able to just kind of, uh, you hear almost an exasperated sigh as you do it, and you wind up next to the door that's about two steps down from your door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it worked. <It's> brilliant. 
catching the sigh and uh, seeing the events that Icky went through last night. Maybe I'll just knock on doors, see if anyone wants to go out for a romp in the streets and get some shopping done. The Romay's down for that. If he gets to me or I leave for breakfast, I'll give you some money and get me some cold weather gear. Magdar, so you know, you're from basically a fucking rainforest. So mm-hmm. I don't know how well you're handling all of this cold-ass weather, sir. Yeah, I wondered that too, because I'm also very hairy, like a Bigfoot. But then, but a Bigfoot's not a Yeti, so... Yeah, exactly. Think of it as like a Maltese. The hair's more for show. Okay. Well, so the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up is check on my distillery. Okay, go ahead and give me the roll for that. Wake up in the morning, check oh, mark, didn't oh, blow up. Shit, I clicked it too many times, so that first one then. Okay, so go ahead and, and just jot that down. I think you've got two more before you have another batch of meat ready. I'm just I'm just going to put nothing because that's lower than the lowest number you and I quoted when we talked about what kind of brew I would be making. Gotcha, so we'll take, take that day, yeah, just as a a zero like you don't notice any change you don't know if maybe it's the radiator in the room the artificial heat throwing it off right uh, just, just something just, is is wonky with this that number i'll take that over so i do that and as i check it and i see what happens i'm going to look up and kind of just say to the room sort of figures i hate you <laughs> <laughs> you hear a very soft titter float through the air. <laughs> uh, look at the ground, sigh. Super fixed, super fixed. But I heard him call from outside the room, so I'm going to slowly open the door. So slowly, and you only see my eye peer through it at first. I open a little more and poke my head out, look around, and then just take that eyes closed, first leap into the hall, waiting for spikes to come out of the walls and tear <laughs> And Robbie just pokes her head out the door like, are, are you well right there? I just, I don't like it here. Can we go? I heard it's cold outside. Let's check that out. <laughs> Actually, yes. We're planning on going for a trip. Fantastic. I could just get out and about, and I'm curious to see if I come run across any other factors like me. I can always use another blanket. While you guys are uh, out in the hallway kind of conversating, you notice a little bit further down from you, two doors open, and out of one steps a very, very curvy, almost lithe, and very feminine-looking dragonborn man, followed closely by Tim. And from the door next to that comes Mike. Thank you for joining us, and stay tuned next week to find out what happens on Disciples of the Eight. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Disciples of the Eight is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is deemed by the amazing Bob Tedwell and produced by me, Brianna Toyber, with music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. We have Brock as Icky... Ryan as Wall, Matt as Vicros, Spencer as Artemis, Cash as Magdar, Kara as the Anonymous Druid, and myself as Arome. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.